0: The guides are seeing you through love-colored glasses. They're seeing you as your highest self, who you truly are. And the messages are so customized. It's like, Hey, you know, you're really amazing because you've already accomplished some crazy things in the past life. And that was still you. So this little hurdle that you're going through now, this is nothing compared to what you have already done.
1: Hello. Welcome back to the awakening her podcast today. I'm sitting down with Melissa Scafidi, the new age goddess, and she is talking to us all about the Akashic records, what they are and how we can access more guidance and help us move through our life using this beautiful tool. So without further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Hello, Melissa. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited you're here. How are you doing today?
0: Oh, great, Talia. It's so exciting to be here. Love being a guest on some pods and kind of excited to have a nice little chat with you today.
1: Yeah, this is going to be so good. I'm really excited. So let's launch in. Um, tell us a little bit about who you are and your business. Let's start there with, with the foreplay.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Of course. So my name is Melissa Scafidi And I'm also known as the New Age Goddess since that's the name of my business. And the main two services that I provide in my business is I am a Reiki Master Practitioner and then I'm also an Akashic Records Reader. And I do do both in-person and remote sessions. So that's kind of fun. Um, I have hosted a variety of different workshops, both remote and in-person, anything from meditation to a workshop about energy healing and the chakras. I just always really like to educate people on metaphysical topics in any way that I can.
1: That's awesome. I love that. It's so the path of the seeker. Like imagine picking one thing and doing that your whole life. It's like, once you get into energy and healing, it's like, Ooh, there's so many juicy avenues to explore. And as your gifts develop, I'm sure they just keep coming. Right. So how did you get into this stuff? Have you always been a seeker since you were a little kid or did it kind of come to you at a certain time or how did that unfold?
0: Well, I think like as a child, you know, you have certain gifts and talents. You're not even aware of it because you really think, oh, everyone must think this or everyone must see things from this perspective. But that's not the case. And yeah, I think what a lot of intuitive people have is they usually are, you know, maybe a little bit more anxious or a little bit more sensitive. And I most certainly was. And um, I think then as I got a little bit older as a teenager, then I got really into yoga and I got really into meditation. That just always made sense for me. And it was always, well, I do yoga and I do this. And then um, when I started to get into my mid-20s, then it got into the whole law of attraction. I found Abraham Hicks, uh, went down that whole rabbit hole. And then from there, it went into Reiki, then it went into Akashic Records, and then it went into this whole other world and this whole other community where I finally felt like I fit in. There was this level of understanding and it just continues to grow from there, really.
1: I love the way you describe that. I feel like you're saying my journey because mm-hmm. I was such a sensitive kid and I didn't realize, like, I didn't know what's the highly sensitive or intuitive or empath. Like I didn't know what any of these things were really even until recently in, in, you know, compared to the rest of my life, I was just really sensitive. And the amount of times I've been told Talia, you're too sensitive. Right. Or I remember even my best friend now who gets me and loves me. Um, but at the time, like when we first met, it was like, we we're 18 and she's like, Talia, not everything has a whole bunch of Meaning. I'm like, Mm -hmm. but it does. (laughs) You don't understand. I see the energy ripples. It's just like, yeah, like you said, the way we see the world it's easy to think everyone sees it that way but it's really not the case um which is really it's fun now though (laughs) like you said there's a community you belong to that deep knowing of like I know what you're talking about I can contribute here I belong here I can use my gifts here and so I'm really glad you did find that um so you got into Reiki and Akashic Records how when did that happen when did the Akashic Records come into your life?
0: Yeah, so they both kind of came in around the same time, which was interesting. So um, I remember back in 2017, I first found out about what what both of these modalities were. So of course, like I booked a session and I wanted a Reiki and Akashic Records combo session because of course I have to do, you know, above and beyond always. And, um, you know, I experienced Reiki, that modality of energy healing, what it felt like. Um, I learned about the chakras, all of that. And then I did have my first Akashic Records reading done on me. Um, I remember actually that reading, it wasn't too, too detailed, but it was just really getting into that feeling place of even, man, what even is this? How is this even being brought to me? Why is this even coming into my life? And why am I resonating so much with these two modalities? And um, from there I learned Reiki first and, um, you know, went through all of that training, got really good at that. And then I said, okay, now I need to learn the Akashic records because to me, yes, you can do them separately, of course, but to me, they always go together.
1: Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. And so this is a perfect segue into just describe to us what the Akashic records are, because I've heard a lot about them. I um, have talked to a lot of people. I've met Akashic record readers. And even still, it's like, OK, so and a lot of people ask, like, what are these records and how do we find them and what's going on? So can you explain that to us?
0: Yeah. So the word Akasha, one of the translations is literally upper sky. It is Sanskrit, And essentially, it's really a whole different astral plane, right? It's getting onto a different astral plane, a different vibration. And a lot of people, how they like to describe it is it looks like a hall of records. It looks like a library. To me, when I go into them, I don't see a library. I don't see a book per se because everyone's different. Um, But to me, it is a feeling place of, hey, I have called the person I'm working with or my own guides to attention, um, and now they are giving me different types of messages that can come through as a color, as a word, as a song, as an object, as a place, and now we're telling a story, you know, just like any other intuitive, you're, you're getting these types of messages, whichever way you do, whatever Claire gif you have, right? And then you are just basically a conduit and giving it to the client, to yourself, to whomever. So it is, yes, I understand why they like to say library, because it's everything that happened to you in a past life that could have potentially happened to you, that's currently going on. And also future scenarios of what may happen, what could happen, really where you're at right there there's been times where you can go into someone's records and you could be like hey this is a, a potential possibility and then five minutes later they change their my, mindset about something oh man another potential possibility because we do have parallel realities
1: Mm. I love the way you describe that because it is, that's the quantum, right? The potential, the, the, I like to kind of say it's like trajectories, like you're headed on a trajectory. And if your mind opens or you switch course, you're now you're headed on a different trajectory. And so we can, you know, sort of control that for lack of better words, direct our focus somewhere. Um, and it's really interesting. So what's the difference? I guess it's the plane that you experience. Cause I was just going to say like, when I'm in a mediumship session and I'm you know, bringing in a guide and they're offering me messages and sometimes it's visuals, sometimes it's full sentences, sometimes it's colors, like you're saying, I'm just wondering, like, I guess it's a slightly different plane in the Akashic records versus just when, uh, you know, any one of us seekers is communicating with our spirit guides. Is that what it is? It's like a higher plane or a different plane?
0: I would, I would classify it. Yes. Yes. A different plane, but there has been times where you may have been in the Akashic records and you didn't know it. You know, I remember when I was getting my training done, there was someone in the class who was like, Hey, who, um, she self-identified as a psychic. And she said, Hey, you know, um, how these messages are coming through. I already get messages like this, the way that feeling place. And the teacher did say, she's like, yeah, cause you've been in them before. Mm-hmm. She's like, she's like, this isn't new for you. You were kind of tapping into it without even knowing. Um, and yeah, that's why, again, this is one of those types of things that anyone can learn how to do it. Yes. Some of us have that innate ability a little bit more than others. Some people don't want to learn how to do it. Right. But um, it is something that any of us can get to um, with, you know, the right type of practice training mindset and et cetera.
1: Beautiful. I love that. So when someone comes to see you, um, do you, do they come with an intention? Do they come with, you know, do you talk a little bit about like where they're going in life or is it just kind of a situation where you go in and see what happens or maybe a little bit of all of it?
0: (laughs) Right, right, yeah. So some people do come in, hey, I just want a reading. I'm open-minded. It doesn't have to um, go over a certain theme or topic, but then there are some people who do come in with a theme or topic or a very, you know, specific question about this or that. Um, So it's really up to the client. Um, Usually when I get into a reading with someone, unless I have previously worked with them, right, or know them on a personal level, I don't know anything about them. I don't know them from a hole in the wall. So when I do come up with these profound messages, they're like, yeah, there's no way you could have known that about me um, or that you use that terminology or that symbolism, whatever, because you don't know me, right? Um, So I think that makes it a little bit more real. And another thing with the records too is, Like I always say, I'm not a psychic and there's only certain types of questions you can ask. I think a lot of people don't know that either. So with the questions, they really can only be framed as what, why, and how. Um, So if I'm in the records and someone wants clarity on something, I say, please phrase it as a what, why, or how, um, because notice how I didn't say when. Can't ask me a one question because time isn't linear, right? And when in the Kashik's records, if someone says six months, that could mean six years here. I don't know. And things are always moving. And what reality are we in? And it gets really hairy. So that's why it's really important if you are going to ask a question to ask it in the correct manner. Um, and I get, I really think don't get too hung up on staying in just one theme because I could be giving, cause the records are meant to give you the most important message at that time. And maybe it's about a different theme or topic. So you kind of have to be open to that as well.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: is it then
1: spirit guide led like spirit guide plane, or is it kind of the quantum and the cosmos as a collective?
0: So, I think it's encompassing both. And the reason I say that is because when I go into the records, I am calling all of your spiritual cheerleaders, as they are called. So, your spirit team. So, that could be ancestors, it could be a guide, it could be an angel. And even the um, team that I am calling on, that is your team, if I'm working on someone they all have different levels of understanding too. There are some guides that are more powerful than other ones. And I think people don't realize that either. They think, oh, it's just a consciousness and all of that. No, there's some guides where they haven't been a guide that long. There's some angels that are more powerful than others, you know, and they. It, it, that's kind of interesting too. So sometimes even when they're trying to give a message, they're doing it the best way they know how and the best way they know that I'm going to receive it too. So sometimes things get lost in translation, but it's just that pivoting, that fine tuning of it to really get the message. That's why sometimes you have to ask a clarifying question or what have you. Mm.
1: Yeah, I definitely can resonate with that. Um, And my experience too has been like, I've kind of explained it to people the way I see it is your different guides, your team of light, they have different expertise. So if you're wanting to uncover your purpose, there's someone in your team of light or multiple guides or whatever that that's their jam that's what they're here to help you with and then others like i've even you know seen ones that help you find lost items and help you you know find the right place to live or whatever it is it's like they all have different specialties the way humans do that's kind of how i've seen it too and like you said some are newer some you know communicate telepathically really easy other ones it's like more images that i'm trying to piece together and it's really interesting to be the conduit or the sort of interpreter because i have to be really loose with it i don't pretend i know exactly what they're saying because i got to kind of feel in and then feel if that feels true and then kind of keep going and so it's interesting you say that that they kind of are here with different sort of personalities or different messages different zones of genius if you could say that
0: <laughs> oh definitely and another thing too when i go into the records i always have the intention of remove my ego you know forget mm-hmm. about well, Melissa thinks it doesn't matter, right? You know, that's not what, we're not just asking me. But um yeah, removing the ego. And also another thing that kept happening to me too, personally, when I go into records, I for sure always get a location, an item, and a character of some sort. And um, I noticed that doesn't happen to every reader. And I asked a fellow reader, I said, hey, why is it coming through for me like this? It's really nice, it tells a story, but this isn't always the case. And she said, Because um, I, in past lives, what have you, worked very heavily with totem animals, with spirit animals. So the guides know, hey, if I give Melissa a tiger, that's going to be a lot easier for her to interpret this message we're trying to give to her client um, through this way. You're going to get the message, right? You're going to get the message either way. But it's a lot easier for me to then express it.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Oh, it's so good. There's so many juicy things here because... It's neat talking to other people that interpret and that, you know, channel in whatever way that that is, because it is about interpretation Mm -hmm. um, and a message coming through in different forms. And it can vary so much um, depending on the guide you're communicating with, the person that you're sitting with, you know. And I love that you said your intention to remove your ego. That's so beautiful because I say that too. I'm like, you're asking Talia when we're sitting here in like a mentorship session, but when I go there, I do everything I can to remove Talia, remove anything I know about them or not, or, you know, anything, because that's the way that the clear message comes through is if I'm not trying to, you know, make sense of it as Talia. (laughs) It's so funny.
0: exactly.
1: Yeah. So what are some of the main things that you think being a reader and having served so many people, what do you think are the main things that the Akashic records are really helpful for? Like the main struggles, problems that it just, it seems to be so helpful to people?
0: Yes. I love this question. So definitely empowerment, right? That's kind of when the whole reason I got into this because the records helped empower me so much to see my unique gifts and talents that I did not even know I had, you know, things I did not even know I was good at because I never did it. And then the records are telling you, oh no, actually, you're like really good at this. You've done this a million times already. Like, why don't you try it? And then you're like, Oh my God, I didn't even know this. And they just really show you, like I've said, you know, they the guides are seeing you through love-colored glasses. They're seeing you as your higher, your highest self, who you truly are. And the messages are so customized. It's like, no, you who you are right now is amazing at X, Y, and Z. So have a little bit more self-worth, have a little bit more self-love or, Hey, you know, you're really amazing because you've already accomplished some crazy things in the past life. And that was still you. So this little hurdle that you're going through now, this is nothing compared to what you have already done. So that is empowerment in a variety of different ways. It is specifically unique to that person. um, And it really gives them, I guess, that sense of Um, That foundational sense of that they've got it and they're not just hearing it from, you know, a friend that's just trying to cheer them up, but from their guides that Mm -hmm. I I can't think of anything higher than that.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's so true. So I love the saying that your guides and source see you as the fullest expression of who you are. And that's it, it. complete, I feel like we're so Our gifts are similar. We use them in slightly different ways, but our gifts are so similar because that's what I am. That's why I say quantum activation is like I can see who you truly are and that's because that's how source sees you and that's the message I get um so what about if somebody's deeply struggling or it's like they're in the darkness or they just can't seem to love themselves or make it and you know more money or heal traumas or something what what sort of angle do you find that the akashic records help people with in that way
0: what I have just seen is And it's not, you know, the be all end all, right? But what I have seen are when I'm giving really specific messages of some type of symbol or some type of keyword, just something that resonates so much with that person, there's no way I could have known that about them any other way. And I don't know them on a personal level. They're just like, whoa, just that one word, that one image that's giving me so much hope that there is someone or some team of people, guides, whatever you want to call them, looking after me. Because there's no way Melissa would have known that otherwise. And just to know that I know I'm being watched, I know I'm being cared for, even if I am going through a dark time or a traumatic experience. And just to know that you have that powerful team surrounding you to help to help you. Like I said, not the be all end all, but that is a great way to help them move forward. I have seen that
1: hmm So do you find that they give, like the records will give, like, I'm just trying to get a sense of like, is it about, I'm not gonna say the past because you know the quantum and time um but is it like if I was really deeply struggling with self-love are they gonna be able to help me see sort of what the cause of that is or what the solution of that is or is it more just about like you are loved you are supported we see you as who you truly are keep your head up type thing or is it more like specific guidance on how to sort of correct or heal what is going on. Do you know what, does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah, I know. And I know that's, um, it's kind of hard to kind of separate those two. But what I have done is I've seen that person, like, let's say if, for that example, I've seen that person really thriving in something, or I see them just a, 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 sim, a symbol, symbio, a symbol way of doing it. Like I'll see for one example, I saw like a frog and it was jumping from lily pad to lily pad and it was going so, so fast and it was making all of this progress, but it wasn't even cognizant of what it was doing. It wasn't even like, oh man, I went from point A to point Z. Good for me. And then I saw a frog going from a lily pad to a lily pad and really staying at each lily pad for an extended period of time. And like, man, look at me. I went from point A to point B and I did such a good job and I should really bask in this. You see, I'm getting images like that, that are giving me a feeling or an emotion. And then I am giving it to that person. And then they're like, yeah, I don't do that. I don't give myself enough credit for these small wins. You see, and then they're seeing themselves, oh, hey, I'm not giving myself enough credit. I'm not giving myself enough self-worth or self-love. Then we're getting those realizations because if I'm just saying love and blah, 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 okay, that sounds nice. But if I'm giving you an example that resonates with you through a symbol or a story or what have you, now you're like, ooh, that is really me. And that really touched me on a deeper level. So that's how I express that.
1: Yeah, it's like, you know, you're, if this, if that's the type of sort of solution or thing that they can do to really move forward in their life or heal, it's like, there are specific, um, actions or guidances, you know, coming forward, but it's bigger too. It's like, Uh, It's like, like you say, it's like that empowerment, that faith that there's a team of light here, someone that sees something like you said that you couldn't have possibly known. And it resonates so deep, but it also is married with like an action of like, you need to pause and, you know, appreciate how far you've come and celebrate the small stuff. And, you know, like, so you could kind of translate steps or whatever tangible actions, but they're also getting this, like, how did they know that? Like that resonates so deep. That's totally what I need. Thank you. Which I think that that's the thing with all of this is humans need the physical. We need the tangible actions, but we also need to be deeply moved and feel something to actually propel us into the action. So it sounds like it's a beautiful way to kind of get that generally.
0: Yeah. And it's also a perspective shift you know, if I'm showing you how your guides are seeing you, I'm, I really hope you can then at least get a glimpse of it, right? So if I have a perspective shift of I can do hard things or I can do something that's new to me or what have you, the action pieces are gonna kind of come into place because you're more so telling the universe, well, no, I'm ready for the challenge or I'm ready to progress to the next step. And maybe I don't know what the next step is on that physical plane, but I'm saying I am ready so then it will be presented to me. And maybe, you know, even the first thing I try was not exactly the right thing, but it's a process. You know, I think a lot of people, they're hung up on progress and not looking at the whole process not looking mm-hmm. at the whole I fell down and that was oh a part of it and I wouldn't be able to progress without process and the results bit of it too how many people myself included oh I see no results I see no results you know a bamboo tree do we know this analogy where it, it's literally underground for seven years and then after seven years it's it sprouts all the way mm mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I didn't see results, although seven years, but it was still um, progressing, growing all of that. And another thing, too, with the whole results thing, you know what, I could have a carrot, I keep using growing analogies, I could have a carrot in the ground, and it could be you know, maybe a smaller carrot and I can pluck it out of the ground and eat it and it would be fine. But why can't I just wait another month and have a full grown carrot? That's another thing too. Like, are you satisfied with the baby carrot? Maybe you are, but man, if you just waited a little bit longer, you could have the real thing. So that's, that's another bit of it too.
1: Mm, yeah, I really love that. I love that. And with the bamboo in those seven years, it's strengthening the root system. It's growing complex root systems. And, you know, we're learning so much about the communication of plants and all of that just in the, in sort of nature is like, it's, it's the deep foundation being created for all those years so that it can sprout up and sustain the height it's going to create, which is so us, right? If we don't have that strong foundation, we haven't done some of those foundational things, grounding feeling safe, um, you know, really sinking into our human experience. We try to go so big, but we don't have the foundation to, um, sort of maintain it. So yeah, that's really, that's really beautiful. Um, so what about, we talked a little bit about this before we hit record, but what about past lives and how do you feel it? How important do you feel they are um, being sort of in the Akashic records on that plane and having that perspective, how important do you feel it is for all of us to know our past lives and our traumas from our past lives and all of these things?
0: Yeah, and it's that's a question that does come up a lot. Past lives, you know, it's kind of synonymous with Akashic records, um, but it is only one facet of it. And me myself, I've only gotten into a couple of my past lives, and there's a ton I haven't and They're probably not important right now, to be honest with you, but the ones that do come through, it's because they were important to kind of remind you of a lesson um, that maybe you already learned or a skill you already have from um, that's um, prevalent to your present situation, right? Um, But there's some where it's like, you know, we've all been the bad guy. We've all been the good guy. We've all been the victim. Why do we really want to dwell in one of the bad past lives? the lesson was probably already learned. So why why sit in it? I think that's given a little bit too much importance sometimes. And um, when you're looking at them through the lens of empowerment of, oh, I've already learned this lesson, that's great. If you're doing it just out of curiosity, that's okay too. But a lot of times the records, they're only going to show it to you if it's really important right now. Mm,
1: Yeah. It's so funny because seekers we tend to want to dig and dig and dig, and whether it's in this physical life, dig and dig and dig into inner child or whatever. And there's a time and a place for everything. It's all so powerful in its time and place, but no one thing is like the key. So I, I agree with that totally, and I feel it is that there are some past lives that are important that show you a little bit about who you are, or help you overcome this hurdle, or explain why maybe you're drawn to this, or you know, adverse to this, or whatever. But we can't possibly go back into all of them and retain all that information. It's almost like trying to remember every detail of every vacation you've ever taken. It's like, it's enough to just remember. I went to Disneyland when I was eight. I don't remember what, you know, the card looked like to get into my hotel room or like, I don't, you know, and it's not really relevant. And I kind of see it like that as well. And there are bits and pieces I've received about past lives, about masters I've studied with and how like the bigger perspective of studying with all of these masters over, all these different lifetimes so that in this lifetime, I can come and be the teacher and kind of, I spent a lot of time going like, I have to learn more. I have to learn more. I have to learn more. And then when I receive, like, you don't have to learn more. Like I'm always going to be, but you've done that over and over and over again. It's your time to teach. It's your time to create your teachings. And when I heard that, it was like, Oh, I don't have to keep searching or I don't know. It's just like that energy. And I so relate that like, sometimes there's bits and pieces that go like, Oh yeah, totally. But to go back into all of our hundreds of thousands of lives, like it's yeah. not really relevant. And you could spend this whole lifetime going back into all those lifetimes and never get anywhere in this lifetime because all you're doing is dwelling on the past, you know? So yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. What have you found out about your past lives? The two that you've, was there something you've, you can share that was significant or felt yeah. good?
0: I love sharing this. I don't share it often, so it's fun. Yeah. Uh, so there was one. Um, I went, it was a group of us, a group A group of us readers, and we all went together um, through this guided meditation with our teacher, and we had the intention of going into a past life where we lived during a pandemic, because mm. I'm going to tell you, if you're alive right now, you've probably lived through some pandemic prior to this. There's been many, right? And um, I was getting right away, I was a woman and I want to say I was in like England, something like that, right? And I had kids and I had a husband and um, I was like peeling potatoes over this like pot and my hand, you know, I was, we were kind of dirty and we couldn't really do too much. And I I had entertained these kids, right? It was kind of like lockdown, if you will. And something that was so, so, In my head, my husband, he was on a horse and he had something on his face. And it was like this blackness on his face. Like he had a mask or something, but it was like far out into his face. And I couldn't, and it was so like, I could see it. And I'm just like, what is this on his face? I don't understand what this is and blah, blah, blah. And um, now I can't remember which one it was, but it was one of the pandemics where the people were wearing those black masks with like that beak looking thing Mm -hmm. that came out. Cause then I just Googled something like pandemic, like England type of country. And um, I got that image right away. And I'm like, oh, it just like resonated when I saw that. I was like, yeah, he was one of those people that had to wear that beak looking mask. And I've already been through a pandemic and I went through a pandemic without TV and all these other kind of things. And then it gave me that sense of empowerment. Oh, and I was a mom. Oh, and this, oh, and that, um, you know. So it gave me that sense of, I've been through this already that's why it's happening to me again. This is kind of like a repeat been there, done that. And it's even a little bit easier this time. So Mm. that was really cool for me. Um, and then there was one other one. I wasn't in it as long, but I, something I was in the Amazon, I was like a tribal person. And, um, I worked with in that life. I remember there was like a black Jaguar and tiger and I, I just had all these animals around me and we worked together and I was really into like plant medicine and drumming and all of this kind of stuff. And um, that really opened up a lot of doors for me too, because then I kind of dived into that world a little bit. And yeah, it, it was just, it kind of unlocks things within you that you're like, oh man, I never had a drum before but now I really want to get a drum and I really want to get into it and why does this resonate so much so even stuff like that it's a really nice tool to use to help you discover you even deeper
1: Mm -hmm. I love that it also helps us like exactly like you're saying to kind of go it almost like gives us more. It feels like it's like more confidence to go after the things that maybe we've been like, Oh, I'd like to do that one day. And then if you're like, yeah, in a past life, like you were a plant medicine shaman or something, and you're like, Oh, plant medicine's been calling me like, maybe I should pursue that. It's, it's, not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say validating, but empowering. Like you were saying yes. before, that's your whole thing. And that really feels like that sense of like, oh, this nudge wasn't for no reason. It wasn't just because ayahuasca is the cool thing now. It was actually a deep soul desire because I did it once and it maybe propelled me forward or had me see beautiful things and unlock parts of myself. And it's calling me again. Um, yeah, that, that's really, That's really neat. So what else about the empowerment aspect? What is sort of some of your favorite ways to help people or experiences you've had and changes you've seen in people for anyone that's been wanting to have an Akashic reading um, and just doesn't really know what to expect or whatever? What is sort of your favorite part of it in the empowerment area?
0: The, I, I mean, these aha moments. I mean, I've worked with men and women. I, I work, mostly work with women and a lot of them were just like, oh my God, like I was thinking about doing that. And now you basically just said that out loud and now I don't feel crazy. And now that was just like that confirmation. I mean, to travel sololy or to buy my own house or to like, have better communication with my partner and be able to be vulnerable or whatever it may be I mean these are real things that I have seen and it wasn't me telling anyone to do anything that's the biggest thing too you know I you could go to a reader and a reader could be like you should do this and you should do that I don't tell anyone to do anything I just kind of give them this new picture of themselves that is their true self and then they're like well that person can do it but oh that that person is me but I just didn't see it it was kind of like you know now they weren't using their peripheral vision right it was just kind of like they could only see from one way and now they can see the full picture and it's like well now more things are possible
1: Mm, yeah that is so cool and I think that's the human using source in the way we're kind of meant to, like we're meant to walk hand in hand with source. That is so obvious to me. And for us that are on this path, the seekers, the light workers, the old souls, all those people, we understand that and we have this deep calling. And so those are the things that like, nothing is going to it's like, it's all just pieces, like you said, unlockings. And so to have those aha moments, it's not this one thing that changes your life. It's all these bits that go like, oh my goodness, this experience is so magical. Like I get the most lit up when people have those type of reactions and they see the magic and they start to go like, whoa, those little parts in them that doubted or felt like source maybe didn't have their back or, you know, is this real? Is manifestation real? Blah, blah, blah. And you get these little Uh aha moments that are like little breakthroughs in our consciousness. And you can't close that. I mean, you could, but the people that you see and the people that I see, it's like, we're just opening and opening and opening. And so you get this open door that is now open because you believe a little more and you've seen a little more and you've had those little uh aha moments that are not just little, they're big oftentimes, right? And yeah, that's, that's so fun. I love that.
0: Yeah. Like kind of like what Abraham Hicks says is once you kind of like see it, you can't go back. You can't go back. And um, another thing, too, is I think a lot of people, they don't even, I mean, I don't know if magic is the best word, but they don't even know and they're not even cognizant of all the magic that is out there in the universe. And once they at least can see it, even if it's like we've said, a glimpse of it, um, it just unlocks everything because there's so many people, you know, they come up to you and they're like, well, I have you know, a nice house and a nice spouse and a nice job, but is there something more? And you're just like, Pachoo! Are you kidding me? Like there's so much more. That's not even half of it, in my opinion. So um, if there is so much more, and it's like your mind has to think in a totally different way. It's a totally different world. And if you um can turn your mind into thinking that way, then everything has so much more value and I'm talking about little things then now little things have so much more value so how can you not even enjoy you know a sunset you know if you're like so hung up on like this other thing that's not even that important everything change everything shifts
1: yeah yeah I love that. That's so beautiful. So just, um, curious when you're at, when you're learning how to access the Akashic records, is it like I've had theta healing before. And in the beginning, they take me like through these different layers and we go like up through the seven layers of the universe or something and up through like a jelly, like substance. And then we go up and of and it's this, this plane that we access. And that's kind of how it sounded like you were describing it is like, it's a plane of, of existence. So can you share even just a little bit about like, as you were learning and how you actually go into it. And the second part of that is, so I used to go and access spirit guides and go there, but the more I did it, I realized that it's always there and it's not so much of a hullabaloo as it used to be. It used to be like 15 minutes to just get into the zone Now, when I'm with someone, I'm like, okay, your guides are saying this. It just is so much easier. But I know that the Akashic Records are a little bit different. So what is your experience in that and how do you access them?
0: Yeah, I think, um, God, it's not even as complicated as one would think it needs to be. I, I think that's a good way of starting out. So, you know, the first time when I was learning how to do it, a lot of it was confidence, too, and getting over that hump because that if you can get over that you can get into it whenever you want to get into it honestly so when I was learning how to do it you know we were just practicing it it, it, there was no risk because everyone was new and we're practicing and hey I'm not charging you money and you know you're a newbie and I'm a newbie right so we get into it it's and of course you get have to get into that feeling place Um, And how everyone gets there is different. Maybe it is meditation. Maybe it is just that grounding, just that feeling. Oh, once I know what that feels like and I've done it enough times, I know when I'm in it, I know when I'm not in it. So I remember when I was first starting out and I did my first practice reading on another person um, and I, you know, I, I did, I opened the records. I said the prayer, we say a prayer to get into it. And um, I felt very grounded and I was getting messages. I was 100% getting messages and I was so afraid to say anything. The person was right next to me, just sitting there like waiting. And I'm like, I can't say anything. I can't, I'm so scared. Um, And then the teacher came up to me and she's like, okay, so you're in them. So just say what you want to say, because you're in them. I can see you're in them. And then, oh my God, floodgates opened I said what I had to say, totally resonated with the person. They weren't just saying that this was practice. This was honesty time, right? And they were like, oh my God, that really helped me a lot because that's something I was, I had going back and forth in my mind and you really solidified something for me. Um, and then ever since then, it was like, I have to get, I, I got over it, I'm in it, I know how to get in it. I know what it feels like and I know what it doesn't feel like. So I know I'm not making it up because I'm in that feeling place. and I know what it feels like when I get out of it too. So if I know what it feels like and I know when I'm in there, I got it. And the, yes, the more you go in there, the easier it is, right? Like riding a bike, <laughs> the more I r- practice the better uh, riding a bike I'm going to get. But yeah, it's this feeling place and it's trusting yourself, having that confidence, getting over that hump. And then knowing I'm going in with good intentions and it's more important that I get over this hump so that this person can get this message because it's very important.
1: Mm, yeah. I love that. I have a similar thought, like who am I to hold back. Yes. Like one, like you say, once you know what it feels like, and once you know what it doesn't feel like, who am I to hold back a message for this person who now at this point they are paying me, but even if they're just deeply wanting guidance and that's my gift and I can help a friend or a family member or whatever, like who am I to hold that back? It's the fear of like, what if it's wrong? What if they, you know, and even now if I say something and they go, uh, I don't know, it doesn't totally resonate. I still have unwavering faith. Yeah. that. I'm picking up on things. So not everything are you aware of yet or not, you know, and I have people that go like, you gave me a reading a year ago. And at the time I had no idea what you're talking about. Now I completely do. And it's like, well, you know, and I had to get over that as well Is like, what if it doesn't resonate? Oh, it will. Well, sometimes they might say it doesn't, but I still have faith because like you said, I know what it feels like in my own zone of my own gifts. I love the way you describe that. That's so beautiful. Cause I always pictured it being this place, like you gotta get to like, not physically, but this whole process and, you know, you learn and there's a prayer and you learn where to go. But then once you do it enough, you know how to access it quickly or easier, easier than before. That's really, yeah, that's really cool. So is there anything else that you want to say about the Akashic Records or, you know, to anyone who would like to have a reading with you or just is wanting to learn more and explore it more? Is there anything else that you want to touch on?
0: Yeah, I think my final thought um, in terms of what to touch on would be, you have to give the messages that even sound weird. You have to give everything. Like, why am I getting a picture of a foot? Oh, they're gonna think I'm weird. I don't care, I'm getting a picture of a foot. Mm-hmm. And then, then they, they're gonna say something like, oh, I did wanna be a podiatrist. You're like, oh, well see, it makes sense. So you can't be hung up on what are they gonna think about me? Because it's not even coming from Melissa anyway. So I re- then I really don't care what they think about me, right? Um, and another thing too is, yeah, sometimes you'll say something to them and they're like, oh, that doesn't really resonate. Just like you, I don't get tripped up on it because then, oh, a few days later, they're texting me. Oh, I saw that exact image. So you can't get hung up on it. And sometimes people don't give you confirmation. Like some readings, they don't, you'll say all this stuff. You're like, man, this really resonates with me. And they they don't say anything. And there'll be times at the end, I'm like, okay, I said this place like five times. So it's really important. Do, just, just does it resonate? Like you, cause you kind of want a confirmation. They're like, oh my God, yeah, no, it totally does, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, man, if you would have told me that while I'm doing the reading, it would have been like great information, but they don't have to, they don't have to. That's why I don't get hung up on it. Cause I'm like, you know what? It probably does resonate it. And they're just not saying anything and that's fine too. Um, so yeah, I wanted to get those points across. Cause I think that's so important as a reader. Right. Um, and then, yeah, just in terms of like working with me, if anyone is interested, um, like I said, I do in person and remote, I'm in Chicago. So if you're in Chicago, we can do it in person. Um, but yeah, remote, of course I do it over Zoom, right? And the best way to really find me is my website. So the newagegoddess.com. And um, I have an Instagram too, the new age goddess, underscore after each word. And then also, if you are someone who is also love podcasts and want to learn more, I do have a podcast. It's called Confessions of a New Age Goddess. Talia is going to be on an episode soon. And um, yeah, we talk about all different types of metaphysical things. We have a lot of fun there. It's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the major platforms, um, and in, and on YouTube as well. So yeah, if anyone wants to do Reiki, Akashic Records, it can be done remotely. I mean, I, there's people that, you know, they've requested Reiki. I give it to them. And they're like, oh my God, you know, at like 5 p.m. on Friday, like my foot, I felt my foot move. And it's like, yeah, that's when I was I was sending it and you were across the country. So, yeah, I work with people all across the country. That's super that's super cool too that they don't just have to be in one state. And yeah, that that's basically that's basically working with me.
1: I love that. Thank you. I totally, the Reiki energy is so neat. And I actually had one of my coaches recently say that her Reiki sessions. she actually, which is backwards to probably what a lot of people say, but she's like, I found it's more powerful during the pandemic and having it to be on Zoom because people are so shocked at how powerful it is even over a computer. But to us, we know energy translates. And if the person is focused and the intention is there and the other person's receptive, it doesn't matter if they're in the room or, you know, across the country, but it can actually be even more powerful. Cause it's like, I did a reading yesterday, um, which, you know, we always use Reiki, but in general it was chakra and we were doing this mediumship thing. And she's like, I felt my heart open. Like, as you were saying, I felt it. And she was almost shocked. Like, I can't believe I felt it. And you're in Canada and I'm in the United States. And it's just like, well, yeah, that that's energy. So sometimes that can be, I mean, of course, just as powerful, if not more, because it's like, it's kind of shocking that it can be that transformative even across, you know, continents or whatever.
0: Yeah. And it's kind of like, okay. Like sending a prayer to somebody Yeah, in the same room as you, right. It's still energy. It's still intention. And we all know, you know, energy flows where intention goes or vice versa. Um, But yeah, it is, it is shocking because there are some people who are Chicago based and they've worked with me in person. And then I'm like, do you want to try remote? And they're like, I trust you enough now. Yeah, sure. And then they're like, oh, my God, can we always do a remote? And I'm like, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's energy. Because Reiki, at least when I do it, I'm not even touching you. Mm-hmm. Me, personally, that's the way I, I, don't, I don't even need to touch you. So why would I need to be in the same room as you? Like, it's the intention.
1: Mm -hmm. And people and, you know, we're getting more used to doing things on Zoom, people working from home, whatever. So, you know, when I do a session with someone and they can lay down in their own bed and be in their comfy pants and in their own space, it sometimes is even more relaxing than in, you know, an office and you're hearing other noises or they're cold or they're it's like you can set up your scene and then just receive, which can be so beautiful, too. So that's amazing.
0: Yeah, especially for some people who get overstimulated. Mm-hmm. You know, going to a new place might be too much for them, or what have you. Or oh man, I had a drive here, and parking was hard to find. You know, uh, sometimes that's that's me. I'm this type of person. Like, is there parking? Like, I need to know all these things first. But if I'm in my bed, I don't have to worry about it. So that's kind of a nice bonus too.
1: Yeah. And so, last question: Is there anything that the Akashic Records? you would say like are not good for, or if someone came with some sort of specific thing, it's like, I don't, I don't do that. Um, Yeah. Is there anything in there that just, it's not for?
0: Yeah. So definitely, like we said, when that one question time, I wouldn't ask questions about time. Um, Of course, about other people. I can't help you with that. We're in your records, right? We're not in your crushes records as much as we would like to be, you know, and you know, the ethical thing of this is there's, it's between me and them. I don't remember half the things I tell people when I'm in there. It's nothing personal. So um, yeah, it's very private. And also, you know, there's, you're not really, it's not, um, I'm not a psychic. Like I always try to say, I'm not a psychic and everything there should really be um, with the frame of mind as this is just a message that's coming through. This isn't telling you what to do. It's not telling you to invest $1,000 in the stock market and now you lost all your money. And we're not, you know, and also with health too. Um, I'm not a doctor, essentially.
1: Yeah. So if people come and say like, when am I going to make my million dollars and where do I invest my money? It's like, that's not, not the things to ask, which I, I mean, I totally agree. I think any intuitive, even just guidance in general, unless you're going to a stock market guru, <laughs> you know, that's not where source shines because source there's unlimited abundance everywhere. So it's not even about the one stock. It's about opening yourself up to possibility. It's like a whole other way of thinking. So I love that things to not ask <laughs> your Prakashic record reader. <laughs> yeah.
0: and also, why limit yourself? Mm. Because to your point, if we're focusing on this one stock, well, that sounds really limiting to me. That's like saying if the universe wanted to give you a free thousand dollars from the lotto or something, you're kind of like, no, because I, I want to get it from this one way. So why even do that to yourself? You know, right. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And I love that you said about like your crushes, like, how do I get them to like me? <laughs>
0: oh God. Yeah. yeah. It was like so funny because I was like that when I was younger, I was like, tell me about my twin flame, which if we know the difference, don't even get me started, the difference between twin flame and soulmate, like, oh my God, that's a whole episode. But um, cause I was like that. And they were like, it was happening all the time. They were like, okay, you have someone, but that's so not important right now. Like all these readers would tell me that. And I was like, I'm going to stop asking this question. Got it. And I'm glad I did because it wasn't important at the time. So there we go.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, now I'm curious. Okay. This is the last question. (laughs) What's the difference between a twin flame and a soulmate?
0: (laughs) Okay. I've experienced both, so I feel like I can kind of like ah talk about it. All right, so really quick. So twin flame, that's that person, and this is my level of understanding. That's that person who you I really hope, I pray you don't end up with this person. Um, because they show you like all of these different types of lessons, and you have this pull, you have this pull with them, and it's like undescribable, and like you hardly feel this with anybody else, and there's usually a runner and a chaser. Um, Like one person is kind of chasing the other one. The other one's running away, but they're running away from them because this um, connection is so strong that it's scary. So they are kind of still attracted to that person. Um, And it's like, it would be so toxic to be with that person, but you learn or you grow so very much from them. And it still is a very important connection to happen. You usually, you know, you have that experience before you meet your soulmate. And then the soulmate, yes, that's the person that... um, isn't going to play these like kind of like runner chaser games with you, right? It's going to be a lot easier. Yeah. You still learn, you still grow and all of that, but it's not going to be so like toxic if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, that twin flame, you just feel like, oh my God, I'm supposed to be with this person or I was with this person, but it would never work. And I think a lot of people are like, oh, I've had a relationship like that, or I've been in a toxic relationship, but this, it's just like your souls are, yeah, they are so much mirroring them, but it's also, what does a mirror show you? It shows you everything, good and bad, right? The things you like about yourself, the things you don't like about yourself. And yeah, the experience I had was quite interesting. And it was so interesting that um, someone, who, an intuitive who did a reading on me years later, picked up on it, picked up on it. And it was like crazy. So yeah, essentially not the person you should end up with, You might hang around with them for a while, but once you kind of cut that loose, you grow exponentially to meet the soulmate.
1: Hmm. That's really cool. Recently, I saw someone talking and they were just saying like a twin flame is this and anyone who's super certain and doesn't say like, this is the way it comes through me. I always go a little bit like, okay, let's, you know, see if it feels right. But they were saying that it's a soul that has evolved so far that it broke off into like two physical experiences and so it's like two people with the same soul but they were doing it in a very like romantic sense they were saying like it's your twin flame and almost like we talk about soulmates and it was like one soul that had branched off into two and I'd never heard it you know described like that is that at all how you see it
0: um, so um okay so my understanding for a long time was incorrect. And then a lot of intuitives were always like, Melissa, like when I would ask the twin flame question, they're like, you're, you don't even know what it is correctly. So like, kind of like, stop focusing on this alone. Cause it was such a big deal for a long time. Um, yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, okay. So my twin flame experience, it was with you know, a male, um, someone who was somewhat of a romantic partner. Um, And it was just like, yeah, like everything was so familiar. Like I've never experienced this before. And I think we were at some point, there were so many similarities. I think at some point we kind of maybe were one entity. Um, But that's why I like the mirror analogy because it's showing you everything, like still kind of like that twin um, analogy, if you will. Um, And I think that it kind of went into hyper feminine and then hyper masculine. And it might've broken off at that way. This is what you're describing as an innate possibility. I don't know for sure if that's truly what happened or not, but it was kind of like, you're, oh my God. It's like, you're, it's like, you're so drawn to it, but you know, it's so bad for you because it's so just like this warm, cozy blanket. But at the same time, like you're allergic to cotton, so you can get an allergic reaction. Like it feels really good, but you're like, oh, now I'm breaking out in hives. I was
1: going to say emotional hives follow it after.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was, it was nuts. But um, yeah, the, but the, then the soulmate that I'm with now, it's totally different. It's like mm-hmm. this totally different thing. And it's like, if I didn't go through that twin flame experience, I wouldn't be as badass as I am now. Let me just tell you that because if you can survive one of those and really let that person go, what can you not do? What can you not do? So it was a, a it was such a, it changed me so much as a person for the better that you cannot really label it as anything else than that type of experience. And I was even told by others, "Oh, that was that person," without me even bringing up this person. So it was extremely, extremely important in my life.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I love that little bonus topic we didn't even plan on talking about. That's yeah, the beauty yeah. of having your own show. I'm like, I can do whatever I want. I want to yeah. ask this. <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much for sharing all of it. Um it's just so valuable. It's so cool. I'm definitely going to have a reading with you because I just feel like it's such a valuable thing. And as you're saying with empowerment, when, when you as a reader and as a conduit are focused on empowering people and accessing that information, that is what we should be doing with these gifts. That is what, in my opinion, I don't say should very often, but that's the highest good that source working through you, giving you avenues to help other people. And I just love that intention that you hold in the space that you create for people. And you know, that's just so beautiful. So thank you so much for sharing and everybody all the links will be in the show notes make sure to check out Melissa it's just um, yeah it feels very amazing very powerful and I'm so grateful we got to speak today
0: yes Talia it was a pleasure thank you so much for letting me share my message um, and yes as always so great to talk to a like-minded person and really share the messages for the masses
1: Oh my goodness seeker. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I sincerely hope that it helped move the needle forward in your life. Make sure to check the show notes for all of my guest links, as well as links on how you can find me on Instagram at Talia joy manifestation, as well as links for free gifts and how we can connect in the quantum leap mentorship. So go check out the show notes for a bunch of goodies there for you. And I hope that you have a fabulous day. (laughs) we <laughs>